You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are the Joes, Will Greenwood, Ryan Livergood, and Jake Patterson. That's right, we're the Patreon Joes. With me tonight, it's Jake and Will. I'm Ryan. <laughs> we are recording a little bit late in the week. We just watched the thriller in Cincinnati. Um, so we're recording this on Thursday, but we're still going to talk a little bit about week three. We're going to see what's going on in the, in the Twitterverse and react to some things. Um, but first we're going to that. Um, Will Greenwood, how are you on this fine Thursday evening? Well, welcome to the Fantasy Joe's Big Show. Here we go. Uh, I am ready for tonight. There was uh, week three is a, is a tough, a tough egg to crack. And we'll try to dive into a little bit. Look at some things. Have some fun. Thank you for joining us. Jake, how you doing? I'm doing very well. I can't match the level of level of excitement of you two, but you know, I'm here, ready to go. You can and you will in the future. Yeah, I wonder. You, you, you should be excited. Your your boy Lavisca Chenault is starting to emerge a little bit. Had a pretty good night tonight, Jake. Almost a hundred yards in one day. Like you said, trying to put it on uh DJ Chark going out very early in the game, but it was a promising game for LaVisca. He was one yard away from adding a touchdown to the box score as well, but all in all, you, can, you can't be too upset. I need to get over my obsession of starting players on Thursday night because I love to watch the players play on a Thursday on an individual game. Uh, I started Chark in our Foot Clan Dynasty League, and I think he put up a donut, so yay, yeah, Will. That uh, was a not D team, so we will be back in the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> I feel like every Thursday night game is like a letdown or like usually is hitting the under. Like I can't remember one that's been like really great for fantasy. Or they hit, they hit over week one and week two. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong about this year. I think in the past, it's been like a type of teams like Jacksonville doing it, right? Like I can't, again, I'm, I can't speak who was doing it weeks one, two and three. Cause I can't remember, but. I'm pretty sure they, they've been and compared to like Thursday nighters and Monday nighters. Yeah, Thursday yeah. it can be a letdown. Just you know, remember these teams are just playing on Sunday, so it's just not just such a quick turnaround. It's hard to produce. I'm just saying, Lawrence didn't deserve this loss, and he looked good tonight. Thank you. Yeah, and, and I think that's a good kind of segue into well, moments of letdowns of week three, and, and a good reminder that you know after three weeks there's still so many things that we don't know if, if your team's 0 and three don't necessarily hit the panic button if you're worried about the way some of these rookies look um it, it's okay it's still early um it, and we had a rookie that looked really bad in week three that was justin fields guess what justin field letdowns for, for this week and, and we'll give the moment to miles garrett because we don't really talk about idp that much but if you're in an idp league if you started garrett <laughs> like I did an IDP league or you played against him in an IDP league. Like I did, you, you either, you won or lost because of miles Garrett, um, depending on IDP scoring. So, uh, Jake, what's your miles Garrett moment of week three? Yeah. I, I only had one. Um, and it wasn't very, even a week three, like it's not even related to week three. So funny. What a way to I kick it off. Third, yeah. You fell yeah. for this. Um, but Sit my down. week three moment is actually kind of a, a moment for week four, and and that's kind of hopeful. Um, my favorite moment was when 
Rashad Bateman was taken off the IR because we're just one step closer to him being unleashed on the football field. Yeah, yeah it'll we, be fun. Go ahead, Will. Well, we had Devin DuVernay popping and uh, the rest of the receiving core because uh, Marquise Brown could not – or Hollywood Brown could not catch a ball. That that honestly could have been in contention for letdown of the week because Fields should more be like the Matt Nagy letdown of the week. That's dude what needs I was going to say. Dude needs to be fired, and I want to swear so hard because – that is the at least the Vikings we have Mike Zimmer at least he's not that. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's the only hope I have with another one and two team, uh, but at least we don't have to deal with with that. That's yeah, it, we are. That's one of my that's one of my moments of the week is that at least we're not the Bears right now. It, yeah, I, I could I could go on and on, and we'll we'll try not to make this uh, um, a Bears podcast. Uh, I, I guess we should start to embrace that though, because you know how they say on on the football guys uh, the audible. They always say uh, Cecil Lamy always refers to you know you, you know this is a Denver Broncos podcast uh, or this is a Denver Broncos show, and, and we do talk about the Bears a lot, probably because of me. And man, that it's but it's anybody that even knows a little bit about football realizes that. Matt Nagy just has no clue is in over his head. And that was just the worst uh, coaching performance. Maybe we've, we've certainly that we've seen in 2021. I mean, it was just horrible, horrible. Oh, I mean, it was, it was, Urban, it was Urban Meyer week one and two level of coaching performance, which you can clearly see he's going to be out pretty soon, but this is an Iowa Hawkeye, whatever city Ryan's from at this point in time that he wants to root for. And then whatever, <laughs> what are we? The, uh, the Calgary Rough Riders fans now, Jake? That's this kind of podcast, yeah, right? I'm a Hamilton so Tiger. So Iowa Hawkeye Cats. first. Oh, yeah. Hamilton Tiger Cats. Let's go. Well, what, what are your um, – what about you uh, moment of, of week three, Miles Garrett moment? Oh, big, the biggest moment of the week, and I don't think this could be undersold, is that the Bills wagon has left the station. The Bills, for a fantasy football team, they went up against the Steelers in week one. And we were all disappointed in every single fantasy player had in that performance and how that all turned out. I mean, we did have a little bit of Devin Singletary flash, but nobody was starting him in week one. That's, that's the most dangerous start on the planet. Uh, but it has, they've come full circle. Josh Allen is slanging the ball around again, like, like Diggs, Sanders, Knox, Beasley. All these guys are now fantasy viable. And that's all I want in fantasy. So now that that, the, to me, the biggest moment was that the Bills are not going to suck on offense this year, and that is a great moment of the week as not even a Bills fan. I think yeah. the, it was a huge letdown as a Steeler fan that we beat them because we'll, like, we'll get to it when I get to my letdowns, but like, I don't know how that even happened, but looking back, I think the Steelers are going to be like, they're gonna, they might be upset they got that win because of how things are going right now. We're going to be fighting for the like the highest draft pick possible right so the the fact that that happened is kind of uh asinine in a sense but no thomas thomas never had a losing record you guys are gonna be fine you're gonna finish with a mid-round draft pick maybe not make the playoffs but you'll be you'll be just all right but one thing i have noticed about the bills um within the first three weeks is that how good their defense has been um i think it's been pretty obvious that like josh allen hasn't needed to be 2020 josh allen where he like was a superhero in a sense right like he was doing he was like mvp level quarterback right but with this year he's gonna be able to kind of control the game better and or manage the game and he's not gonna need to just go off like like he did last year right so 
I think his ceiling might be diminished a bit, but I think the Bills are like a shoe in to win that division. Did you watch what happened with Josh Allen last week? He was the top, like he is absolutely MVP Josh Allen form. And I know that they had like 56 unanswered points between the Dolphins and then going into this week. But uh, I, I think that like they're just going to fire up points and let the other teams dwindle. And they're going to continue to do this. This is the modern NFL. This is a modern offense. And that's why this is a high for me. And I, I agree with you that maybe Josh Allen doesn't feel the pressure that he has to do that. But when he's comfortable and can do what he wants, what, he had four passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown last game? That is incredible fantasy points being put up on the board. Yeah, I just mean too if they're if they're up by twenty every game, like how are we going to be keep seeing Josh Josh Allen in the fourth quarter? Like is are is is uh, Singletary and Moss is going to be fed like crazy to close the game out? Like that's all that's more yeah. Than I agree. I agree with you. I just, I just think that I would I'd be willing to take the bet. Yeah, I still love Josh. Like yeah, I yeah, still love I, Josh Allen. Obviously, I still kick myself for selling Josh Allen and a Lamar Jackson deal before he went off, but I don't really kick myself. But uh, I'm just happy, and again, that this is this – it's a fancy wagon of the Bills now, right? Like, you – you even if it's a fringe play, you have so many other options now, and it's awesome. Yeah, no, it is awesome. And you're right. He he get, provides value to, you know, Emmanuel Sanders and, and Cole Beasley, and, you know, the, you, you can throw them in the flex on one of your teams, and, and you know that they, they – if he goes off, they might go off too. So, um, Jake, what, what were you going to say? I was just going to say just how extremely safe he is, like in every facet, running, throwing, like he's a, just because he might not have the sh- like shootout games because their defense is shutting them out. I don't think you, like Josh Allen is still easily a top three quarterback in fantasy. Like that's still a, like a no brainer there. And it's just like, he's getting in a position to be like to play safer and to not put himself in like injury type of situation. So I think it's pretty much only good, good news. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on from the bills. I, I before we get into letdowns, I, I just want to say the AFC West being upside down. I, I know it won't, won't stay this way. Probably it's three games in, but it's kind of fun to look at the standings and, and to see the, the Las Vegas Raiders, and then Denver Broncos on, on top of the standings followed by the chargers. And then the lowly Kansas city chiefs at one and two. They're um, trash. They're trash, yeah. Sell all your cheap shares. Get rid of Patrick Mahomes. But, <laughs> yeah. but no, um, it, I just think that's fun. It's competitive, and and it'll be fun to see the Raiders take on the Chargers uh, Monday night, and and to see if they can keep it going. But it's uh, that's fun, and all those teams have some interesting uh, fantasy pieces, don't they? Uh, at, at least for the time being, it'll be fun to see if Derek Carr can keep the streak going. And I, I just kind of like that it's upside down. It just makes makes it fun. And I'm sure the Chiefs will come back and, and certainly be in the running for the, the title in AFC West at the end of the season. But in the meantime, it's fun. I've enjoyed like the quarterbacks who've gotten no respect, like the Derek Carrs, the Kirk Cousins, the Daniel Jones, who've, who've started off the first three weeks like way better than I think most would have expected. Only fantasy-wise. Fair enough. Yeah, but like, Derek Carr NFL-wise. But Kirk Cousins, he is still an enigma and as as a, a Vikings fan, it's tough to predict and watch. Like that game against Cincinnati, he was he was absolutely horrible opening the season. It was it was one of the worst first half performances you'd ever see. Uh, Daniel Jones uh, looks bad and is bad, and I'm worried about it. Kirk Cousins in his last 13 games has 32 touchdowns and three interceptions. 
Wow. Yeah, but the, the amount of three and outs in that first game or like bad, bad plays. I mean, they're they're one and two. You can't play that well and and be good. And you're not one and two if you if you have a good stat line. Yeah, but they could easily be three and zero. Well, he's got but so, but but they're not. That it's important that they're not. <laughs> like they could easily be three and zero, but they're not. I, I don't think I don't think it's because of Kirk Cousins that they're. Oh, totally, not. totally disagree. Totally disagree. Uh, I mean, you you watch them more closely than I do, but yeah, he's yeah. eighty-eight for one hundred. Like, uh, yeah, I, I I agree that Kirk Cousins is a very fantastic. yeah, like, he is a very first, he is a very fun stat line, but he is not a good NFL quarterback. He's first among all QBs in passer rating right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that that's all hunky dory. You want to take <laughs> like Derek Derek Carr is three and zero and probably has just like a maybe a better pat like. I would rather have that than what we have with Kirk Cousins right now, one and two. Longest streak of consecutive games with 90-plus passer rating in NFL history. Number one, Peyton Manning. Number two, Kirk Cousins. Number just three, takes, Peyton he Manning. He just takes sacks. He's just the worst. Oh, my goodness. But I agree, Jake, that you're bringing up the points, and he is a great – the thing is, like, fantasy, separate fantasy and reality. Uh, fantasy well, points. Kirk Cousins is a nice surprise this year. He's actually has really good fantasy games, and you should be happy if you start him in a Super Bowl League. I, I, I don't agree with that. It's just – yeah, that, that's a good that's that's a good transition to. No, no, I'm not done, Ryan. You're... I'm not going to let you. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Most games is 300 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, zero interceptions over the last last six seasons. Kirk Cousins number one with 12. <laughs> number two, Patrick Mahomes. Number tied in second, Tom Brady. Tied in second, Drew Brees. Um, fifth place, Aaron Rodgers. That's not fair because Patrick Mahomes doesn't have six seasons in the league yet. Yeah, I mean. Just like Kirk Cousin, it's like he's number one. Okay, stop trying to. <laughs> this is why. This is why. This is why I can't belong to Twitter. Just type in his name right now, and you'd like lose your mind. Well, I would just have to be like, oh, I should probably respond to this saying, like, hey, it's not actually that fun to watch Kirk Cousins. Hey, it's uh, it, it, see, if he's running your NFL team, he will lose in the biggest moments. It's fine. Yeah. But but I think I think you both make great points. I think what Jake, what you're saying at the end of the day is that. He's a really good uh, quarterback, especially in a super flex league or two QB league. To, to no, Jake wants to acquire yeah. Kirk Cousins. He's I willing wish to Kirk give Cousin up was, two, two, was, two, two firsts. I wish he was the quarterback of the Steelers. I'll tell you that right now. But I think I think that's fair. And, Kirk Cousins is underrated, man. And well, what you're saying is there are a lot of quarterbacks that are maybe QB ones in fantasy. But in real life, they're not very good NFL quarterbacks. So, in fact, or if you fun look to watch, the, and, and that's Kirk Cousins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, if you go ahead, the Vikings are zero and seventeen in outdoor road playoff games in the last however many playoff games that's taken to acquire. That's all. You, that, I feel like, and Cousins has been a part of that two years. Yeah. Well, and if you look at this list, some guys that are in the top ten right or top twelve right now, you know, guys like Jalen Hurts, um, you know, Cousins, Sam Darnold is there, Daniel Jones. Um, I don't think any of those guys are great NFL quarterbacks. Um, Jalen Hurts, it's amazing. It's amazing what rushing can do for you. Cause I, you know, watched that uh, Philadelphia Dallas game on Monday night. And I was thinking like, I, I started Hurts in the league and I'm like, man, he's, he's going to be killing me tonight. But then I look at the end and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, he didn't kill me. He actually put a pretty good, pretty good stat line. It's just, it's kind of crazy how that can happen sometimes. Yeah. Philly looked bad in that game though. They did. They did. It's not as crazy as it's just, how overpowered rushing quarterbacks are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just no wait till we get Trey Lance. One of my letdowns of the weeks is how bad Jimmy Garoppolo looks overall 
uh, in the NFL. And maybe we're still talking about highs, but the oh, we can move on. To, we should move on to the letdown. So go ahead. The fact that the Niners are not putting Trey Lance in more is ridiculous. Grabo has not made a single pass that I've seen that looks great. And Trey Lance can make all the passes that Grapple is doing. And he's just in general, I think, bad. I, I, mean, I think he's, I mean, maybe fine. Maybe like a backup position. Maybe has like a 75% of a Blake Bortles year in him uh, at his peak. But I, I, I'm, just, I'm just shocked that the Niners continue to do this and do not put in our future fantasy asset, Trey Lance. It, 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 is, it is baffling that... Yeah, I mean, they gave up three first round picks for, for this guy. And and these guys are, are more prepared than they've ever been coming into the league. This isn't the NFL of 10 years ago um, with the, you know, the QB gurus they work with, you know, they worked with since high school. And yeah, and I, I do think that you have to, um, you know, play to learn. And, and unlike uh, Justin Fields, who's working with Nagy, who does, doesn't know, have any clue how to use him. Uh, um, that's not the case in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. I, I guarantee that they can put uh, Trey Lance in a position to to really perform. And and uh, I, I'm with you. It's it's perplexing how little they use him. Um, uh, yeah, but I mean, we'll see. It's I, I have him in a redraft league where I just kind of punted on quarterback. I've been streaming quarterbacks, and I've just been waiting, waiting, waiting. I'm like, how long do I hold on to Trey Lance before he starts? Is it not going to happen this year? Because it's like week four, and it should be happening. But the thing is that Garoppolo doesn't make any other throw that any other average quarterback in the NFL doesn't make. That that's what's fascinating to me. That I have not seen one bit of information that says that he actually deserves the starting spot. And then the, the Niners they come back and they lose to to the Packers, like. I, I almost kind of hate Kyle Shanahan now for from a fantasy aspect. Is there any coach in the league who like knows what they're doing? Like realistically, like every single coach is overrated. Um, and it sucks because like these rookie quarterbacks, I, I, we all went into the season, like we drafting best ball redraft teams, even with the early dynasty rookie picks. Like we were kind of betting on these guys to uh, play sooner than later. Like, I don't think we realistically thought like, obviously it was, always an option but i don't think we thought garoppolo would play the season i don't think we ever expected Nagy to be enforcing andy dalton to be the starting quarterback post injury like uh it, it goes to show that like obviously we can predict common sense but like these coaches don't go based off common sense 90 percent of the time right so it's hard to I, it was one of my letdowns last week i'm pretty sure just how hard to predict coaching is like people love Kyle Shanahan say that he's like the best coach in the league. And then he's sitting Brandon Ayuk week one for, for pretty much nothing from what it seems on the surface, right? Like it makes no sense to the average person looking at it from it with an outside perspective. So some of these decisions are just mind boggling, right? Like it's hard to like, like so, you said the Jimmy Garoppolo, like what the hell is going on here? The, the counterpoint was Sean McVay made Jared Goff, uh, relevant and a Super Bowl quarterback, and he has a great offensive scheme. Matt Rule in Carolina has turned around Sam Darnold and has made DJ Moore uh, wide receiver one. And that's another highlight of this week is that that they are featuring their best players at this point in time. They're gonna they lost McCaffrey, but then Moore he got he got like a, a hit in the thigh and hobbled off the field. And I saw the replay. It's just like a, it's a bruise. Hope I mean, hopefully it's not too big a bruise because like that hit in the thigh, I would die from. So I I, I assume DJ Moore is fine. 
But I do think coaching has a big, like at least a decent part in this. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's too smart for his own good. Sean McVay's just jacked up about the offense and still features it, featuring, which is what another letdown is that we missed out on the Deshaun Jackson revenge game last week. We should have known. We should have known there, there was a revenge game and that's there. But I think coaching styles and offensive styles do matter and that they have the quarterback to ha- give them that freedom. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag because bad coaches make good players worse and good coaches make better, like good players better. And so you it, want the best part of that. It matters on the margins, right? Because like uh, Matt Rule didn't make DJ Moore a wide receiver one. DJ Moore is a wide receiver one. Like he's No, he, with- literally, he literally did this season. Okay, I I wouldn't be surprised if two years ago DJ Moore was a wide receiver one when we were ranking him as like a wide receiver overall. But he didn't he dynasty. didn't produce that until Matt Rule came in from last season, learned him. Okay, and but I'm not saying that's Matt Rule. Season. I'm saying that's DJ Moore's development as a player. Why can't like, it be a mix? Yeah, but I'm saying it matters. It is a mix, just like on the margins. It's not like a that significant of uh, a matter. Like same thing with you're saying with Sean McVay, like. I think what matters is like you could tell with Matt Stafford entering the lineup, that team is a lot of fuck. Like, sorry, it's a lot better with Matt Stafford, a better player than Jared Goff. Like, Jared Goff did fine in that system, sure coaching, but I would argue that offensive line had was one of the best in the league and gave him max protection. That like, he had good weapons surrounding him. He had like this defense is probably the was the best in the league with Aaron Donald throughout the years, where he's been in a position to succeed. So I. Yeah, I that, that's what you're saying. That's a like, fridge argument at best, though. Man, like, okay, Belichick versus Brady. Like, it is a no-brainer in hindsight now and non-hindsight. Like, those Super Bowls are on the players. Like, they win, like... Oh, I and, like, I, and I agree with that, but coaching does matter when it comes to fantasy points. I'm, like, like, sure, like, look, like how, look how Calvin Ridley's project, doing this year and Kyle Pitts and when they have a new coaching staff coming in but, and how the offense is working, like... That's what I'm saying. It's it should be better. For, it's impossible to predict. Like we thought Arthur Smith going to Atlanta, it would be better, yeah. but it's not. So how do we, pre- how do we predict that in fantasy? How do we actually say that's actionable by saying, Oh, there's a new coaching staff. Like that's all narrative, right? Like that's no, you just have to react to it. It's not narrative. It's, it's, it's produced in fantasy points. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think coaching matters a lot. And if, if not so much scheme, then, then usage, and that's where coaches come into play. We, we talked about it on the Patreon show, patreon.com slash fantasy shows. Check it out. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor and how Naheem Hines is is really uh, taking a lot of snaps away from, from Taylor, and it's perplexing. And even last week in, the, in situations in the red zone where you would have thought that Jonathan Taylor would have been the guy, Hines was on the field more than it seems like he should have been. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, we see it, we see it a lot and um, yeah. it, it, it's frustrating. There are a lot of examples of it, but um, any more. Can, can, yeah. can I say, Jake, I do think you're right. Is what it matters is the margins in the off season. When we start to see in season play, we should factor more into that, you know, like in the off season with uh, Stafford going to LA and how it's going to work out. But now that we're seeing in season in the way the offense works, we should kind of factor it in more. Like, like the Jets' offense is going to be bad, you know. Like, yeah, that's not a know, coaching thing. That's the Jets' offense. No, they have great players on that team. They they have great offensive weapons: Core Davis, Elijah Moore. Uh, uh, 
Oh, I'm yeah, so you're saying bad, bad offensive line is, without Becton, you know, in particular being gone. No, but that's, that's not fair. There's tons of teams with bad off- LA, the, the, the Rams do not have a good offensive line overall. They, so they, it's they don't. It's Salah's fault? I don't understand. So like there's, what, that's what I'm saying, the Jets throw in three. And no, you're saying it's the players' stuff. fault, uh, but they have good yeah. players on that team. Uh, they but have, who are underperforming. If you were to trade the Panthers and Jets roster – the they could flip records like if they just traded coaching staffs i bet they'd be very similar so the the thing with that is always it, it does matter on the margins and i agree when it comes to fantasy because you need to identify how coaches are to, like game planning for players so it does matter when we go into the season how we're gonna see this work out it's tough with teams like the the buccaneers because the buccaneers have a, a ton of great players but when you see a team like the rams really use Cooper cup and his skill set to his absolute max after week one, we should have reacted that faster. You know what I mean? For DFS, for everything else, it, it's that, it's that kind of margins that I, that I want to look at for fantasy. Yeah. It, it's, it's really tough because at the end of the day, this is such a small sample size of the sport. It's not like baseball. We have our 162 games. Right. And, and we do see like these week one anomalies, um, you know, Sammy Watkins, you know, the past couple of years, not this year, but, you know, have those big blow up games in week one. Uh, Zabel on that Rams offense this year, um, and it seems like it kind of reversed back, but um, Higby had a really nice um, week one and the week two d- just didn't, didn't see the same type of usage and seemed to have bounced back. So it's, it, it's, it's what makes it hard and fun and frustrating and thrilling at, at the same time. But uh, we, any more lead ins you guys want to talk about or should we, we look at, look at some tweets Let's look at some tweets. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, letdown was Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown not catching. Uh, I have a oh, big that's, that's stack a with with uh, Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown, and then the Iowa Hawkeyes didn't look that great against uh, Colorado State, uh, and then they have a big matchup this Friday against Maryland. But then the Oklahoma fans uh, chanting for the backup. I think they said, "We want Caleb. We want Caleb." When they were playing West Virginia at home. Uh, Spencer Rattler is still a kid. He's still in college and chanting that against your own quarterback. I feel like is one of the most disrespectful things you ever had as an Oklahoma fan. You're too privileged. You've been too good. And you need to recognize that like things can go poorly for you with a backup. Just wait till they get to the sec. It's going to be rude awakening for Oklahoma. They're, oh, it, They're going to get just, beat up. It's going to be great. But I also just, I hate grownups cheering against kids and it bothers me. Well, they're kids. The, most of the, fans that's well i don't know what what, what percentage are, are stu- the student no, body versus the grown-ups don't, don't care they're all in it they all get lumped <laughs> in every single oklahoma fan should be ashamed of themselves i i agree with you that that's you know that's that's silly uh, okay to be, to be uh, fair spencer rattler's kind of like an asshole too well i agree these <laughs> might, might be like overrated but we don't but what do you mean how do you know he's an asshole jake what will you get you get some there's insane. like actual footage like going around online about him like like verbally assaulting people like he's like oh. his ego is like off the charts like he's like not a nice person from my understanding oh yeah because the backup from oklahoma has a different ego <laughs> i mean like you're you're fine there but i'm just saying like like i don't know spencer rattlers doesn't like he's not special. Like he's not deserving of. I see what you're saying. Like he is just a kid and all that. But you know, it'll be interesting if five, ten years down the road when we. 
this is totally going into tangent. Sorry, listeners. Uh, now that the, and I, I think they should be compensated now that you can, you know, play in college and get endorsement deals, that type of thing. I, I know I'm not saying that's what's happened to Spencer Rattler, but it's going to be interesting to see how many guys that's that will sidetrack that if, if they didn't have that influence in their lives. And I know I'm not naive. They already have that influence in their lives anyway, to a certain degree, uh, how, that might throw them off course, you know, cause you, cause you really have to be hard worker and focus and not have all the distractions. But have you, have you seen some of the fun sponsorship ideas yet on the, uh, again, like the Pat McAfee podcast, uh, they were trying to get through this read about RBs and they're like, so if you're a division one running back and you say, I am an RB for RBs, it's very specific text. And then say like hashtag sponsored, you get like 50 bucks from RBs. It's, it's uh, it, I think it's more than fifty, but it, there know. there are this weird amount of you know like oh if you're Division One running back and you taste you you like you uh tweet out hey I'm an RB for RBs and hashtag Division One like hashtag sponsored uh you can get it from, from RBs it's the most ridiculous thing on the planet no kid's gonna text that out for like fifty bucks <laughs> that is pretty ridiculous um. Gosh, yeah, Arby's. Um, anyway. It could be fun. It could be fun. It's the, it it's the most fun. innovative idea since so far. It's just a bad idea. Mm. Still innovative, yeah. still bad. Um, speaking of bad, Bears offense was bad. We'll, we'll get into talking about some tweets um, that, that we saw this week that were interesting. Uh, a lot of them about the Chicago Bears and their offense. There was like shots of the scoreboard and it showed the Browns, how many yards of offense they had versus the Bears in the um, double digits. Th- this tweet, um, Justin Tucker's field goal was 19 yards longer than the Bears offense game today. <laughs> well, that, <I> mean, <laughs> that's because the Bears don't get the end zone to add on to that, you know? Uh, Good all those yeah. passes going to the end zone. The Bears racking up points, right? Uh, it, it, but so the reason that, but I, making this a, a fantasy relevant conversation, I just want to ask you guys because, because I have my own opinion, obviously, as a, but I have a bias too. Justin Fields, any any worry about him as dynasty asset at this point uh, after that fasc- after that game? J- just I, I'd be fascinated by uh, Jake. How you think that the coaching factored in the margins here? <laughs> Jeez, taking taking strays over here. Sorry. Yeah. What, hey, Jake? What, what do you think? I think you, you, like, just... you missed my point a little bit over, like on the for the coaching, but like obviously the like I'm not saying the bad. Like he still wants to start Andy Dalton. Like the coaching sucks. Like what's the like coaching matters if it's like hindering the players. I completely agree, but like or if they're not starting good players, but it's good players are the ones like are good because they're good because they dedicated their lives to the craft because like, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't make, it's not the coaches. Like, I think that's silly, but obviously it like, it matters when it comes to fantasy points and when it comes to like outcomes of games, like sure. But it's the play, it's the damn players. Like that's all I'm trying to say. Um, and I'm sure Justin Fields would have been better if he had better coaching. Like you said, we have it in the Justin Fields letdown, but you said it, we all agree. It should have been the Matt Nagy letdowns. Like Justin Fields was in a position to fail. And that was like, that wasn't necessarily because of Justin Fields. That's because of his shitty, like his terrible coaching. 
but you know, if you if you watch that game closely, and, and unfortunately, I did. The, and listen, I, I, it was ninety percent of of you know the 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 game plan and Matt Nagy. I, I wouldn't disagree, but Justin Fields also does on film show some some weaknesses to his game that may, he may or may not be able to improve. I, I don't think he. I think he's a little slow. Like I think he he's his decision making is a little bit slow, and maybe that can be attributed to the fact that. Well, no, you'd think he move faster if he was under that, so much pressure. So I, I don't know. And that was kind of one of his knocks coming out of the college. So, um, no, I, 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 yeah, sorry. I couldn't agree with you more. Like, and to go off what my thing with coaching, like uh, Justin Fields struggled, not just because of Matt Nagy and his play calling, but because he has legitimate struggles. Like he's transitioning to a much tougher game, right? Like it makes sense that he is going to show some struggles, but he's in the exact same breath. He still wasn't put in a position to show his strength and to like to do the things that we've seen. Like, he was put in a better position in a few games during the preseason. Um, I could see some Justin Fields owners being a little worried just based on what we've seen in the NFL, but hell we we've seen him excel at like in the sec for, like for years, right? Like we've seen so much more gameplay of him playing well. There's no reason to worry over like a few like snaps at this point, right? Like not even the games. It was yeah. actually the it was actually the Big Ten, the best conference in the country. Not nah, the, sorry, the SEC. yeah, makes big on that coming. No, nah, I'm joking. Uh, SEC is the best. I'm. I do think it, it poses a, a good like buy opportunity for Justin Fields because that is both a player and coaching incompetence coming like coalescing as one. And you know maybe the only thing is you can wish is for the best for the future, and his talent is worth investing in. I think overall, uh, when you have Al Robinson and then absolutely nothing after that. <laughs> It's fascinating. You have Al Robinson and David Montgomery on that offense, and they are shafted after that. It's 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 just horrible, Ryan. I, I'm more worried for the Bears than for the Vikings when it comes to a win loss potential. I am more worried about the Vikings future than the Bears uh, because the Bears have a nice new stadium coming to town. If you are a New York Giants fan and you're really worried about the Giants having a bad year and you're worried about your future. Well, good news. You've got the Bears first round draft pick next year. So uh, between your bat, your early first round draft pick and the Bears, you, you're going to have some talent coming your way. What did the Bears-Lions play this week? Bears-Lions, yeah. If, if so, the Bears lose the Lions, is Nagy fired possible. after that game? God, I would hope so, right? It has but to be, right? Nagy should McCaskies, be fired two years ago. The are so but... awful, Will. They're just such bad owners that they don't they, – they, they probably won't. That's no, but it's, a, it's the McCaskey kids, right, that like want the new stadium built. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it was the joke is that it's it was their father's dying wish to build the new stadium in Arlington, uh, and there's no there's no like proof of that. But no, I don't think that's true. Um, but, but it's fascinating. But but I think that I, I don't. I think generally speaking, when it comes to like rookies to buy low, I, I don't think you're going to find too many Elijah Moore owners, for example, that are willing to buy low after his slow start to his career. I don't think uh, Rashad Bateman, he's been injured. You're going to find too many guys slaying low on Bateman that drafted him that really liked him. Uh, but Justin Fields, that performance was so bad, and so many people saw it, so bad. That, that I think some, not all, but you know, I'm not saying the majority of your leagues, but I mean, like 20% of your dynasty leagues, I bet the Justin Fields owner is definitely more receptive to moving him versus before that game. I mean, I, I think there's definitely a window that might have not been there before, so. Um, are there any other rookies that you guys feel that way? Because generally speaking, I don't think that there are any rookies out there that, that people are panicking. And I'm not saying people are panicking on Justin Fields, but are there any rookies that there, there really is a, 
like a decent window where there really wasn't one before? Do you guys feel, or is it just way too early in, in any of these guys' careers? I think I think Sermon still is a good buy window. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's that's another name. I mean, he did not he, he found the end zone, but he Kyle Juszczyk was used great. in more snaps and more plays, yeah. and uh, yeah. but I think Sermon, I, I, I still like Sermon. I, I just don't mind how he was used. For the Niners. The Niners are a weird team, and Shanahan's a weird dude. Look at Brandon Ayuk, as we talked about last week, and I was super panicking on him. And I still am panicking on him and Debo Samuel. I'd like to get rid of both of them on any team I have them. And I'm going to try to this week uh, after we, after we like, release this. But uh, I, I think that Sermon could be a – like, his usage is low, and we have a good chance to buy a good player. Yeah. No, I, I, th- I think you're right. I think he is a, is a guy that definitely there are sermon owners that are motivated. Jake, you're on mute. J- Jake, what, what about you? Are there other guys, are there any rookies out there that you feel that, because um, like, once again, generally speaking, I, I don't think there are too many, but there, are there any other guys that we should mention? Um, I don't think anyone has lost more value than Zach Wilson. Like, yeah. Enough, like people thought of him as a Mahomes level ceiling and all of a sudden he's like, the absolute opposite. Like he is hitting your worst fears. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's a Zach Wilson owner out there who, who has, who isn't worried. You know what I mean? Like, right. Are impossible there, not to. Do, have you guys interacted with any Zach Wilson owners that were like super excited about him? Like I, I like we, I don't think any of us were very excited about him. In fact, maybe we were too low on him as a, you know, the three of us, but <laughs> um. But, but I, I mean, that's another thing, too, because I don't think people that drafted Zach Wilson, I don't think it was like, oh, Zach Wilson's here. It was like, well, he's the best value on the board. He was the second quarterback taken. I should take him. And there's some upside there. So I do think I, that helps. I started Zach Wilson every single week in one of our leagues, Ryan, and welcome. Everything is fine. And in week, was it two or three? He put up negative points because his uh, touchdown to interception ratio is two to seven. You yeah with no rushing touchdowns yeah i, I think it's like, i'm glad you brought him up jake and that's not even a guy that i've i've thought about like i think it's he's so disgusting that you don't even want to like buy low on him because it's just so disgusting right <laughs> so, well imagine being an owner of him right like yeah so you get yeah. any offer that you consider i feel like you, you probably push that button just to avoid the risk because what like like four years later he goes to the, to the panthers and starts putting up fantasy stats well, that's the fear right now, right? He looks worse than Sam Darnold does. Yeah, and I mean, he lost his left tackle week one, and and yeah, and he played that, New England and Denver. You can't, have, you can't get that. That's that's also the coaching narrative. Is like just, just be a little bit more creative on offense. At least try. At least try to make Zach, Zach Wilson not to have to pump out these throws into coverage and feel this yeah. pressure. You know, you've lost your left tackle, so you need to be able to be smart enough to scheme around that. That's because, like, the Rams have lost offensive linemen for years. The Chiefs lost offensive linemen last year. And I get that Mahomes is a different, different, different level talent. Sorry, I don't mean to hammer, hammer on that. But, like, you can still be fantasy relevant if you just have decent coach. You just need decent coaching. Like, you're saying, Jake, on the margins, like, really bad coaches make good players. Yeah, that makes, yeah, that makes a yeah. difference for sure. Yeah. And, like, okay coaches can make bad situations okay for fantasy and that's all we want like just don't don't ruin don't ruin for fantasy just get, give him better he doesn't have layups he rolls out he tries to throw a 20 yard out route to elijah moore 
and it's five yards short because he's terrified. So one of their biggest issues too is that they didn't have they have no one of consequence behind him, right? Like no one to learn from and no one yeah. to let him sit, like and or anything like that, right? Um once the, one yeah. idea I was kind of brainstorming when you were going off about um San Francisco right now. And the Jets do have Robert Sala as their as their guy. Um does Jimmy Grapple make any sense as like a stopgap quarterback for the Jets, or is that just like a waste of salary cap and a waste of putting your number two overall pick on the bench. The way his cap, his contracted, his contract has been set up. I don't know going into 2022, but the Niners have always had a really small out on him. His like cap hit is 27 million, but his dead cap has always been like 1.5. these like past two years. And I've hammered the table about this conspiracy theory that they're going to cut him. And if they haven't cut him yet, I, I I've, sorry since they haven't cut him yet i'm floored by this because he's not the better option at the quarterback on their team but i think if grapple goes into the system over in, in new york i mean maybe it just saves zach wilson from being humiliated year one like, stop the then they get rid of him. yeah like put it like garden Minshew should be back there taking hits that's like that's was my original thought right but that all that option is obviously off the table and yeah. i you you would think that this would come after, like, if Trey Lance showed that he's, like, the dude or something, right? And kind of a pick swap trade or something. I don't know. I don't know how you can't beat out Garoppolo with the way he's playing. It's, it, oh, it's. Well, he should be the starter. And we'll get into my, one of my spicy hot takes is I think uh, Trey Lance will be the starter by the end of week four. Ooh. We should move preview. on to Ryan's yeah. spicy tweets. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a couple more tweets and we'll look, look at how bold spicy takes. Um, Ryan McDowell tweeted, after three weeks, Naheem Hines has more fantasy points than Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> it's the same so, as last season. <laughs> was it the same as last season after three weeks? I know after week one, that was the case, right? But so I, I put this on here because we, we on the Patreon show, we talked about um, Jonathan Taylor a little bit. But are, are you guys worried about his value? Because where, where was Jonathan Taylor going off? He was a you know, first round startup pick, right? Um, so obviously he's super talented, but you know, once again, you're talking about coaching, um, you know, the, the coaching staff in Indianapolis seem to think that Hines should, should, you know, have a decent share of that backfield. So are, are you worried about Jonathan Taylor? And does no. this present a buying opportunity in dynasty? Yeah, it absolutely does in my mind. Um, Jonathan Taylor, like I alluded to previously, like he was my RB one in dynasty heading into the season. Clearly he has, has missed that entirely just based on, he can't even be the RB one on his team. Right. But so I, I feel like that has to creep in some doubt, not, Oh, maybe not just that. Like this guy's still going to be a stud, but there's going to be some doubt that, Oh, is this guy still my RB one? Right. Like, is this guy still my, in my top tier of running backs where I think he's, he might, if he drops a few tiers, like that, that poses the value to me because this guy's still, like he's going to be 23 at the end of the year, which is like still super young for running backs. And he's, he, he has everything we asked for in a running back profile. Right. So I think it's like Will said, this is exactly what it was last season. And then he came on, it's a 17 game season or 18 game season. Now 17 game fantasy season. And I wouldn't be surprised if like the coach is just kind of saving them. Play. They're both super talented players, right? Like they both deserve to be on the field. Yeah. Well, 
Hines is RB21 in the PPR league, and Jonathan Taylor's RB27. Man, he's not even a running back two after three games. I know it's early, but what, what are your thoughts on Taylor? So we're three weeks in. If you're drafting an RB1 in a dynasty league, you need immediate production. These kind of weeks matter. And I get, I want to invest in the future because I think Jonathan, Ta- Jonathan Taylor still has a very bright future. But now that we're in this year and he has posted three weeks, like three weeks and is, is an RB3, you have to react to that as an owner and make, I, I at least like choose what you want to do. If you're willing to hold, you're willing to take on that risk, but it's way more risk than, than what you're expecting. It's not injury. It's totally usage based, which I find fascinating with Jonathan Taylor because I love the player and I love the game and I love, or love his game and what he brings to the field. And I don't think Indianapolis is broken, but they're also 0-3. They, we may see some struggles down the line, and why would they risk their their best talent in there? But I also say that because and, – and I say that with a grain of salt because the Vikings used to always put Dalvin Cook out when they're – you know, they're, they had, like, losing seasons and things like that. So this may be the best point in time to invest in him. But, like, that's this is, again, like, coaching matters on the margins when they don't use their best player in the backfield. And it is fascinating because Jonathan Taylor is extremely more talented than Naheem Hines and is the best player for all three downs on that team. And it, it – his usage is mind-boggling, and I, I hate it. I hate it, but it move, it should move him down the dynasty ranks uh, between some of the elite guys. Yeah, and part of it is touchdowns. He hasn't found the end zone yet. He's going to get touchdowns. It's just um, McCaffrey. It's, McCaffrey hasn't found the, the end zone too much this season, and he was still like an, an RB one in one week with a hundred, almost a hundred hundred, and he's kept on that plane of dynasty level asset. So that's where. I, 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 I like mentally had to juggle that because McCaffrey can go like 97 yards rushing, 97 yards receiving and be a RB one. Taylor will never have that opportunity. It, we really need to temper expectations for Jonathan Taylor for this season. Like just look at the Colts as a whole right now, Carson Wentz, whatever hopes we have for him throughout the window, like he is broken. He is pretty much exactly what he was last year, which is super unfortunate. I don't think he's going to return to, like that MVP um, contender that he was in the past. Um, and what that like, for, what that means for Jonathan Taylor, if the Colts are a bottom five team in the NFL, Jonathan Taylor is not going to be a top five running back in the league. Like it just simply won't happen. He won't have the opportunities. And if the passing game work is going to Naheem Hines, like it's this, this trend will most likely continue. Um, but the Colts are like a, pretty well-run franchise and i don't think that if carson wentz continues this big of a flop like he's not going to be their guy in 2022 so i feel like that is only good news for jonathan taylor so i feel like if you are a rebuilding team jonathan taylor is a buy but if you are contending for that top that like if you're contending for that ship he's going to be a tough guy to keep like to keep because he might have some uh, like landmines in your landmines in your lineup yeah, I, I I agree with that, Jake. I think you got to you, you got to look at your league and see if Jonathan Taylor can be that piece to get you a more prolific fantasy scorer at this point in time. Because I after three weeks, do you, do you guys see this changing heavily throughout the rest of the season? Because after last year, I saw it because he was a rookie and then he did come on. But this year, I I don't see the Colts as like this wagon that you want to ride. Yeah, no, I, that's yeah. that's it right there. I think the Colts are a dumpster fire you should be wanting to avoid right now. And I hate it. I hate it because I love Jonathan Taylor. 
even as yeah. an Iowa fan, even though it was Wisconsin, whatever, Jonathan Taylor, great, great how fantasy ba- asset that you want. How bad is Carson Wentz? Like how he looks like embarrassing. Like I'm laughing while I watch him. And I don't think I've really had that. Like <laughs> at an NFL level. I can see you sitting there in your couch, shake your laugh. Like <laughs> this guy sucks. This is so but funny. I, I keep seeing <laughs> him try these like shovel passes that make no sense. Like it's he's a- just like, he's, playing out of desperation i feel like if i was thrown out there with like his size it would be like my best go you know what i mean like that's what i would expect jake jake does a laugh and cry reel between carson wentz and ben roethlisberger (laughs) it's uh it's something else for sure it's like you have like the i think that's a similar range of like it's probably bad for carson wentz but they're probably at a similar skill level right now in their careers like and when so weird yeah, I think he's broken mentally and physically too. The guy, I mean, the guy he can't yeah. stay healthy. He but... got two sprained ankles on one play, what? right? Like, <laughs> him, uh... I want I want Wentz to be good because again, you the Colts we want to be basically Roethlisberger and Wentz wants to be prolific, right? We all want fantasy wagons. That's our whole goal in this. So that's uh, let's turn around, both you boys out there. Listen to this, Ben. Listen to this, Carson. You guys need to turn it around and you need to start producing more fantasy points besides 19 checkdowns to Najee Harris so that he gets lit up because he's going to get concussed at some point, and I hate it. Let's move on. Well, yeah, so I'm going to skip down a couple couple of tweets. Um, and, and Jake, I'm, I'm going to ask you the question. This was from Scott Connor at Charles Chill, FFB on Twitter. He tweeted out, who, who do you prefer in a PPR Dynasty League? Josh Gordon or KJ Hamler? So Jake, I'm going to ask you, and we'll talk about the results here in a second. Who, who would you take? Would you take Josh Gordon or KJ Hamler? And then I'm going to ask Will, who acquired Josh Gordon, and I don't know why he's laughing, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I put a lot, of, a lot of fab into Gordon. You did. You did. I don't understand why you – because you were ahead of this. You you put in the, the group me – one of our group me's last week. Like, how much would you guys put in for Josh Gordon? Yeah, shadow, <laughs> shadow tactics, man. I got it. But after you did that – and I don't, and then I saw the report. So like last week I, I picked him up in a few leagues for just like kind of nothing. Um, but, but then I saw not just you, but in a, a lot of leagues, people are spending big money for him. Cause it's like Josh Gordon's out there and a lot of dynasty leagues, especially when, you know, there's not a lot on the waiver wire. It's like, why not take the flyer? Right. Why not spend that fab on somebody that could do something? So I thought you were going to Jake first. Yeah. I'm going to going to Jake first. Uh, sorry, Jake, KJ <laughs> Hamler, who is, is out for the year. Uh, showed a little promise, but we're gonna have to wait at least another year. Or Josh Gordon, who's shown a lot of promises in his career, but it's you know, what has he got left and can he stay clean? Um, so I feel like the cop out answer is very team dependent, as you have one guy who just <laughs> okay. blew a knee and isn't gonna start this season, <laughs> another guy who is at least gonna play some snaps. Um, but I'm Maybe. not gonna use that cop out answer because I think regardless of situation, completely- hold on, hold on, is that is that Cambler? Or is that sorry? Is that Hamler or Gordon though? That's going to play some snaps this year because we don't know. Well, exactly right. So that's why I'm saying I'm not going to go with that cop out answer. I think regardless, the answer is KJ Hamler because this is dynasty. Like just because he is out the season doesn't mean that he is worth nothing. Um, I don't think like Will just alluded to. I don't think Josh Gordon is guaranteed any snaps on this KC offense. Um, I don't see anyone rushing out to go start. Um, Demarcus Robinson or Byron Pringle in their starting rosters in Dynasty. Like, if it's best ball, well, hell, sorry, that makes K- KJ Hamler even more attractive to me. Um, I don't see 
any scenario where I'm starting Josh Gordon, unless he come, shows me what he did like 10 years ago, like it just seems super far-fetched where at least KJ Hamler could have any kind of value boost just, just by getting healthier guaranteed. He gets more value as soon as he gets healthy again. Um, and then like we've alluded to a QB change in like the upcoming season, potentially, even though Teddy Bridgewater's playing amazing. Um, and KJ Hamler is like a second round pick. He's still like 22, 23 years old. I feel like this is, this is a no brainer, right? Well, you're the Will, Josh Gordon guy. Will isn't a no brainer. <laughs> Uh, first and foremost, KJ Hamler will be n- amount to nothing in your fantasy starting lineup. How many weeks you start him this year? Every place you have him, it won't matter. Uh, his total style of play doesn't really fit into what that Denver offense is moving forward, and we'll see how it plays out. I, but with the whole concept of this is, I do think, like dynasty asset wise, KJ Hamler is probably the smarter choice. But let's throw that out the window because we're not using smarts here; we're using heart. And the day that Josh Gordon gets reinstated and signs with the Kansas City Chiefs, one of the most prolific offenses in the entire NFL, yes, I am dropping fab. I am dropping dollars. I want him on every single team. And if he completely falls out of the league, I do not care whatsoever. Josh Gordon is better than Kate. Kate like Josh Gordon had more yards in one season than KJ Ambler might have his, his entire career. In arena football? No. See, I get this, Jake, because you were 19 when Josh Gordon – in 2020, uh, 2013, <laughs> put up his biggest season, and you were probably out there. Was 13. Yeah, you were just out there, though. You're just, you're just like able legally drinking Canada, so you're probably going through some times. And I get that you didn't see the peak Josh Gordon, and nobody really, I didn't really get to see peak Josh Gordon. I mean, 2013, like I was still a young kid, nobody really cares. But what matters to me is KJ Hamler is a roster clogger at best, right? You are starting KJ Hamler on your team. Were you are, are you actually starting KJ Hamler before he got hurt this year at any point in time? So now after his ACL tear, you start him at any point in time in the future. Uh, I I do, but again, I want to say this: dynasty value still in KJ Hamler, but Josh Gordon. If Josh Gordon booms, I would rather be a part of that and lose out on any future <laughs> KJ Hamler value. I don't care. I will take Josh Gordon right now over KJ Hamler, no problem, because KJ Hamler's boom is like what running uh, a wide receiver four year over year. Nobody cares about that kind of production. That is complete garbage trash. Throw it in there. Uh, Josh Gordon, if he put, produces a wide receiver C season, I get to ride that high all year and be excited about him because I love him as a player. Josh Gordon is the definition of a rod of a roster clogger. He, and, uh, so is KJ Hamler. I, I don't okay, know why we're fine, arguing that. But yeah, that's fine. But at least I KJ can Hamler, drop Josh can, Gordon once he pops positive again, much I easier than KJ I can Hamler hold on to KJ Hamler. Every dynasty league I'm in has an IR slot. Do yours not? Uh, actually, a, a couple of them do not because there was some controversy last year with my so, usage of the IR spot. League of Ballers. <laughs> league uh, of Ballers. The exact, so I pick up Jacoby Myers. Ryan Livergood picks up Josh Gordon. Okay, so we're not we're the same roster spot. There's going to be better free agents than Josh Gordon. We don't have to talk KJ Hamler. Like, Josh Gordon's a roster clogger. He's not hitting his ceiling of nine years ago. Like, it's eight, it's eight uh, years ago. I, I, well, yeah. I, in, in this league, I, I had to move someone to IR, and I, I just happened to have a spot on the team. So I'm not sure how long I'm going to keep Josh so Gordon. So here's the Josh Gordon is Calvin Johnson coming back into the league level hype. Well, that here's my thinking. And, and you and yeah, I spent nothing on acquiring Josh Gordon. You spent 20 bucks on and Jacoby Myers. And I think that's a fine pickup, Jake. Here's I didn't the, mean to give you a straight bullet. 
there. No, no, that's okay. But here's the the here's what could happen with Josh Gordon. It, it, like, let's say League of Ballers, for example, where you know not super deep rosters, twenty four. Probably I'll be dropping him at, at some point. Um, but there is a chance that let's say he's active in a couple of weeks for the chiefs and he has a huge game. He catches a couple of touchdowns. All of a sudden the hype is back. Can I flip him for a second round pick? Um, maybe it's, it's certainly possible. Oh, I'm not, I'm not flipping Josh Gordon. I'm riding out this train till the end. If he can make it through, if he's on the chiefs going to the year 2022, he will be a fantasy starter. That's the I can't, only hope. I obviously can't to Will. See? So there's there's no, my buyer. Ryan, that's the only hope that I'm <laughs> a big Josh Gordon's a throwaway fab player, but he has he emotionally in the fun of fantasy, I'm completely invested in that. He's the kind of player you want to do well moving in the NFL moving forward. So if he succeeds, it's great. If he doesn't, it's a throwaway. I, I just don't care about that. I don't care about his downside. I just care that if he actually produces and is in that offense, he will re-sign with the Chiefs going to 2022, and that pick will matter. That way the Chiefs aren't drafting a wide receiver two moving to 2020, like 2022, and we have a great yeah, they- fantasy asset in Josh Gordon. And this is complete speculation. This is the, like what? This is like the uh, like like .001 percentile chance of happening, but I'm completely- At least you it. realize that. Yeah, and that's what, but I mean, because this is fun. This is fantasy. We're not talking about I mean, real sure, people but like, in real life. Fab is is a real asset in fantasy too, right? Like you're dropping 57 Fab in a league and what if, what if the next Elijah Mitchell is available the next week? You know what I mean? Like it's- Yeah, that worked out real well. Okay. <laughs> you, There's a league you, winner every, every year on waiver wire. That's not true, but there are good assets to go acquire everywhere. But if you're more savvy, you can pick them up anyway. And I think you have to know your your leagues too. And we're all in some really deep leagues where just the waiver wire is is garbage all year. So Josh Gordon pops up. Why not spend a decent amount of your fab in, in that situation? But but Jake, I think you you make a good point. Like if you're in a league and um, yeah, I mean yeah, I, I think it's. I think the odds are probably not great that he's going to really help you, but I think there is a chance. I do think there's a chance. And um, I don't, I don't disagree that Josh Gordon probably has a higher ceiling than like 90% of free agents out there. But, and will agrees with me that his percentage of hitting that ceiling is like entire is this like very slim. So (laughs) I just want, I don't think we're very far off here. Yeah. I think that's completely understandable, but like, don't tell I'm me just the avoiding odds, it because I would just rather <laughs> like it's just not like I don't know. Yeah. So the, also the thing about league winners from years past is Dynasty is such a more involved community. All of the leagues we're in, people are way more active than they used to be, and it makes it a lot more fun. But it makes the waiver wire such more trash. Like me even picking up Elijah Mitchell with a hundred fab uh, in our league of ballers league that we're in together. Like that didn't really work out for me. But that that's like I feel like the rare scenario. Like it's not like you're like. Royce Freeman, you could probably pick up. And if Chupa Hubbard doesn't perform, and then Royce Freeman's in there. But Royce Freeman isn't like Mike, even like Mike Davis level, it feels like. Like Mike Davis okay. is such an example. It's it's fascinating. I'll give you that Josh Gordon is has probably a higher chance of being a league winner than like a Royce Freeman type. Like I think like it, it, he is Josh Gordon, but like it's just like so such a what's what's fascinating so, like so slim. I don't know. What's fascinating is the amount of leagues I went through and Josh Gordon wasn't available. Like That's in the, the league that I'm with the, the Minnesota people here and those people from like DCC 
and everything like that. Josh Gordon wasn't available. I was so excited to get him. But they got, I, I think Andrew Luck is still worth rostering. Like, how, there's not going to be many it's, free agents that have a I, chance of performing an Andrew Luck level season. And as I soon finally as he comes dropped. Back, he I, can. I think Andrew Luck's completely out, though. Well, I agree with you, but like people probably thought, some people probably thought that about Josh Gordon after his like fourth removal from the league. Yeah, he's always, he's always tried to come back though. Uh, the thing is, like, I think about like think about Ricky Williams and his like challenge with all this, and I get running backs different, and Ricky Williams is a different talent than Josh Gordon. But Josh Gordon is still talented and still looks like the biggest like MF on the field when he's going up against small quarterback cornerbacks. And I think that he him landing the Chiefs is the best situation that he's ever been in. Absolutely, yeah. He has so, his most recent football is like arena football, though, or like flag football, though. Like that has to no. Be. He was on the uh, Patriots two years ago. They were playoff run, right? Yeah, but he's been playing on. Other he got a, teams, he got a Super like, Bowl ring with he got a Super Bowl ring with them. I'm just saying his most recent football is definitely not the Patriots. No, it's in the it's in the. It's about Josh Gordon, Seattle. Yeah. It's like the compute. It's like where we pick the plays, like the fans. All right. Well, hey guys, let, I, I think we have exhausted our time for uh, there are more, more tweets on the, on the show sheet, but let, let's get into our hot bold spicy takes. Cause it's starting to get late. Um, and are any objections to transitioning? Yes. Obje- <laughs> yes. We still have more to talk about coaching and yeah, I, we should also talk about uh, Nintendo games, Ryan. Do you want to do that one really quick, and then we'll go into Hot Bowl? No, I, I didn't really read it, yeah, but I did have I did have an original Nintendo. That was our first video game system when I was little. It's fun. Yeah, we can talk about it in the future. Uh, difficult Nintendo games, but okay. Hot Bowl Spicy Takes Week Four recap last week. We got some hits. Jake Patterson, congratulations! Your first Hot Bowl Spicy Takes two of your career with the Joes. You hit two. Easy. As long as your name wasn't Zach Wilson, I had a good chance of hitting it. And so. And, and Will and I were correct in, in our heat levels, not going too crazy. I've been Yaros, but still pretty good. CEH, uh, 100 all-purpose yards and a touchdown. Nailed that one. Jacoby, Brissett, outscores two as output from week one. He did 16 points. Well done, Jake. So do you guys have to eat habaneros now, or how does this work? No you have way. to eat habaneros, actually. No way. We, so. <laughs> but we can decide the bet. We can decide the bet. But Jake, it's also impressive because we, even though we gave you habanero, it's uh, we typically go too spicy with our takes and they go too crazy. So getting to right, I'm very proud of you. Good job. And, and I just, I just have to say for the record, I called Detroit over Baltimore. I had it if it wasn't for the officials and the amazing Justin Tucker. I was, I was so close. I, but I'm glad that I was, I was disappointed because that that ending was freaking crazy and awesome. But oh um, yeah. I just wanted to mention that. Hey, so Ryan, should, we'll give you a habanero, correct? <laughs> no, I didn't Psych? get it right. No, you don't get that. <laughs> get out of here. I'm just saying it was close. So if, if you took my betting advice, you wouldn't have money. At least, Jake, this is why you should never give Ryan too high of a rating on his oh, like his like covering takes or his like win-loss takes. That should have been habanero. We gave you ghost pepper. Mistake by us. We'll correct that in the future. Ah, uh, Fine. All right, well, let's test it with this first one of week four because I, I milk, think it's pretty milk, hot. Milk, milk, milk coming you down think the Ste- You think Steelers being the Packers? Packers are seven-point favorites at home. This is at Lambeau Field. You, you you don't think that's very hot, the Steelers being the Packers? That only makes them a four-point favorite on a neutral field. Who cares about that? I, I think that line is, is probably off, but maybe not. So I thought you guys would think that was – Jake, you're the – No, you're I think how it's bad crazy. They- I think that's insane. 
Steelers don't have a chance. Uh, I, 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 I want to give you back, as hard right? as it gets, but oh, is he coming back? I don't know. And that would obviously make a huge difference in this rating. That like that alone. I'm gonna see if I can. Uh, yeah. I just typed in Todd Watt. We just I'm put, I thought his name. Like, I put Todd for a second. Cincinnati with seven and a half point favorites coming in tonight. They only won by three on a last second field goal. This should be habanero at best. All right. So the t- can we have like some kind of can you make some fantasy uh, gambles in the future? Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares about this. Like, what if it's ten ten? Nobody like people care. Well, people care. Man, that's a good. Well, I like this one. There's no chance the Steelers beat the Packers. The Watt has like a huge determining factor. So if, if Watt's playing, um, it's definitely less spicy. But I mean, I'm just going habanero. After last week, I'm not giving you ghost pepper ever again for a line covering, unless it's unless it's double digits. All right. Oh, wait, we're not saying we're saying they beat them, not just cover. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Like, they'll beat them. Out, the Steelers win. Yeah, that's crazy. I will put ten dollars on the Steelers to. Uh, money line to beat the Packers. Man, I'll take your ten dollars. <laughs> All right, that's that's mine. Uh, so I I just have one this week. I, I should I should come up with two though. I should try to buy odds. I'll come up with a fantasy take while we hear uh, Jake's. So you, you already kind of shared it. You want to get you want to give the one you shared already or or the other one? Oh, I, I'll give the one I shared. That's fine. Um, Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo sucks. Trey Lance doesn't suck. He's going to finish the game against Seattle because they're going to have no choice. I think they're, they'll probably get behind or Jimmy Garoppolo is going to put them in a position where they have like no choice, but to turn to the, the new savior in San Fran. Now, now does, what about the, 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 if Jimmy G gets knocked out of the game for injury, are you counting that? Or are you saying that healthy Jimmy G gets benched? Gets benched. Okay. What do you think? Will? I think Trey Lance starts week five. How many how how many uh, drives does the constitute for finishing? He is the starter in week five. <laughs> but, so, but you're not thinking about like last play of the game at the goal line and, and no, no, I'm just saying if, if like Seattle's up 21 in the fourth quarter and they put in Trey Lance, that I don't think that I don't think that happens in general. I'm like calling my shot that they're switching to Trey Lance this week. But it's not just like a courtesy bench. It's a full-on bench to start Jimmy G. Full, full-on, we are starting Trey Lance for the rest of this game and going forward this season. Like a deep commitment. All right, that's a it's gonna be a hard judgment call. But uh, yeah, I'll go. Uh, I'll go. I'll go. Carolina Reaper. I think, I think it's a little soon for them. And they start the, they they play the card. And I hate it. And I hate it. Maybe, Ryan, I can be convinced of Ghost Pepper because Jimmy G uh, looks looks absolutely horrible. I, I like Ghost Pepper on this because I think it's All pretty right. hot. But I, I yeah, can't let's go Ghost Pepper. Pepper. Okay, oh, y'all insane. He's got they got Seattle, they got Cardinals. Like they they would be throwing him out to the absolute fire. I'm just saying. Well, no, they, they, they no need choice. to win games. They just saw what they what happened when they played Tennessee West. Yeah, also, I mean, it would tra- make more tra- sense tra- to do it at the in two weeks. Yeah, but right. how have rookie quarterbacks been performing this year? Dude, Lawrence looked good tonight, man. I thought that was Carolina for sure. Well, <laughs> we'll just relax, Jake. Come on. You, you, you did Blasphemy. All right. Um, Will Greenwood, what, what's your first top ball spice to take? All right. Vikings beat Browns. They are two-point home dogs. 
And Justin Jefferson has over 125 yards and a tutty. I don't think this is very spicy. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's particularly spicy either. Um, I, you're, you're calling your shot. Multiple things have to happen for, for your call to go right. Yeah, it's like, a nice parlay. There's a lot of 125 yards and a touchdown, and that it. they win outright as two point dogs at home. So you're calling so three separate things. I feel, so I feel like that should at least be ghost, like ghost pepper. You can call it habanero, but I feel like that kind of parlay is like pretty, pretty tough. To hit. So, so Jefferson had four games last year. He went over 125 yards. Um, no, How many no, games, did this no year? games this year. Okay. Zero. Okay. Interesting. Zero. So he's due. New offense. Kirk Cousins is humming. He is I, an absolute stud muffin. I, I think it's. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty. It's pretty hot. I, I I don't think I can go Carolina Reaper, but I I don't no know. I, I, what what about you, Jake? What do you think? Um, it's got to be habanero ghost pepper. So Vikings beat the Browns. So your habanero be... take was that Ceh gets a hundred all-purpose yards and one touchdown. I'm calling over one twenty-five <laughs> and a tutty and an upset. Yeah, Ceh. But that's habanero. That okay, that's fine. Was, no, it's fine. Ceh was very lame at that point where Justin Jefferson is like the wide receiver one overall. Like in Dynasty. Uh, so, like, yeah. I feel like 125 and a touchdown is, like, your expectation for him week in and week out almost. Like, Whoa. Well, like well, obviously, he's not going to hit that every single week. Like, obviously. But, like, that's your whole why it's a take. Well, so that's why I'm saying you get points for having three separate calls on here. And JJ over 125, I'm going to give you two points for that. I think you get one point for calling a TD. And you get one point for calling Vikings over Brown. So oh, I'll yeah. give you Ghost Pepper. I'm totally good with that. Let's go. But I think it could, you could get <laughs> one point for each two. So I'm fine with Habanero. If, that's <laughs> if it's Habanero, I'll just erase the take. I'll give it Ghost Pepper. Whatever. That's so, that's going to so easily happen. But like I understand your parlay aspect where you're, you're calling a lot. It should be Carolina Reaper. Let's go. I'm just kidding. We like that fun here. And Jake, I love your mind and the way we work things out. I love your point system. I think that's totally fair. But I think the the parlay should be an accelerator. Yeah, uh, that's. I think that's how you got from the three to four. You know what I mean? Yeah. That already that gave you that gave you a bit of a boost already. I, I man, I. I just would not be surprised at all if we we're talking next week and you hit that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Worst part about tonight is I I think I might have zeroed my bank account a little bit. Uh, no, I got twenty four bucks after tonight's game because I was trying. I was bet, I was betting the over. I had like thirty bucks on the over with some parlays. Uh, so Ryan, I do need to put on. I'm gonna put ten bucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This All right, worked, let's get, this, hey, let's this work. This worked last week. Yeah, Let, let's let's keep let's keep going. They're now. only what? plus six when it comes to money, Ryan. So we'll still do it. All right, um, Jake, you want you want to you want to go next? I, I need to come up with something else because I, I sure I can. I don't know if you guys have heard. I'm sure our listeners haven't. This is most likely news, but Tom Brady is actually playing the New England Patriots this week. Really? I guess he, he actually played that, for the New England Patriots for quite some time. Oh, I never made the connection. Yeah, so um, that's kind of where my, my mind is going here. I think there could be a bit of a revenge game narrative. I don't know if uh, like this is probably the first anyone's ever thought of this concept for this for this game in particular. But 
I am saying Tom Brady is going to destroy the Patriots. This guy is going to – like he lost last week against the Rams. He's angry. He's going to come in there. He's going to get five touchdowns against old Billy Belichick. And I'm also going to predict in the exact same one, five touchdowns, Gronk and AB are going to get one, at least one each. Wouldn't be surprised if it was more, but they're uh, former Patriots. They're all gonna. They're all gonna eat. They're all gonna eat. Carolina Reaper easy to me. Yeah, I, I think that that's that's so much that has to happen. Um, and and I think what, one of the things that's uh, maybe a little overlooked is just the fact that. Um, well, I mean, the, the, the Patriots coaching staff is good, at least defensively, you know, they'll, they'll be, they'll be ready. They'll be, uh, I, I think Brady's gonna have a great game, but they, you know, I'm not sure you'll have five touchdown. Um, it, if and, anyone uh, should know how to game plan for Brady, it should be Belichick. Should yeah. Be. And, and if you guys watched Judon on the Patriots that, I mean, maybe he's just like the next like Patriots absolute stud player and he'll go somewhere else and come back to Patriots, but he is just an electric player overall. And I really love watching him play. So, but I think this is just like, it's a lot. It's a lot to call. Uh, I think having both Antonio Brown and Gronk go there because I do maybe feel like Belichick might just scheme out Gronk because he's like pissed at him. Also, Gronk's got some bang. Gronk's got some banged up ribs. There is a potential that he might have to sit out a little bit, especially uh, if, the Pat- if the Patriots are up 21, nothing at half. Why risk it for the, I can know, see the- it now. Brady's so, gonna have five TDs. AB's gonna have three of them, and Gronk's gonna have zero. And I'm gonna lose this. Yeah, and then but then it's like uh, it's like it's it's uh, was it Jalen Darden gets the next two? Yeah, this is not gonna work out in my favor. Or or uh, OJ Howard comes in for one. I should have separated those two of two bets, but no, that's why it's Carolina Reaper. I really like it, uh, and I, I don't think it's a bad call. I actually think this is a possible one. Compared to some of mine last week, which were a little just a little bit insane, you know. All right, I, I've got a little bit insane one. Uh, then, well, you can bring it, bring us home with your. Uh, actually, no, you got two left, so maybe you should go next, and I'll go, and then you go. Yeah. So my next one is, uh, I actually believe that, and this might be like a futures bet because I wanted to talk about Tyson Williams beforehand uh, because I still think he's a buy. Uh, and I had the name written in the show sheet. The other tight, the black and tight end coming back for the for the Ravens. And Ronnie Staley coming back in the offensive line. I don't think Tyson Williams is done. And I think he's the most electric player in their backfield still. And I don't think that that's too close. He has had some fumble issues. He's going to have to mature a little bit week over week as an NFL player. But I actually really love him as a redraft and dynasty league buy for super cheap. uh, If you can get him. So for this week, they're going against Denver. Denver is a very, very tough rushing defense. But I do think that after last week and not using the rushing game as much and kind of being bottled up, along with Lamar Jackson, like not really like, like flaring out and, and showing his all. Uh, I'm just going to go Tyson Williams uh, finishes as a top 12 running back in full PPR uh, against Denver against the number one rushing defense in fantasy point scoring running back defense. Sorry, not rushing. That's, that's pretty hot. Um, and and I, I'm with you. I, I agree on your, your opinion that I think he probably, is I should, pretty, I shouldn't pretty- sell it. I should say it and then sell it later after right. you guys no. get ready. My bad. No, but, but I, I want to I, get that rant out there. No, and I appreciate it. And I, I think your point is taken. I think he is a goodbye. Although I think fin- finishing in his top 12 in a full PPR league against the Denver defense, that's what's uh, what's going to be a challenge here. So this is pretty hot for me, Jake. Um, what are you thinking? 
I got Ghost Pepper. It's not like insane where he's predicting how like yardage or like top five or anything too too crazy. The running back's pretty volatile where um, a lot of guys can sneak in there. Um, but I don't. I personally don't see Tyson doing it uh, this week. So I I think it's bold. Yeah, I think Ghost Pepper um, as Ooh, well. No, I, okay. I, I, I actually really like Ghost Pepper, and thank yeah. you for that. Yeah, it's it's hot. It's very hot. All right, my last one. Uh, you know, I, I was looking at this. I was thinking about it. We just saw Trevor Lawrence uh, play well tonight. So Zach Wilson, guys, has gone up against some really stout defenses to start his early career. He's played what? He played Carolina, New England, and Denver. Those are those are tough uh, defenses. I don't think he's as bad. It probably is now the time, is the time to buy him before he plays Tennessee Titans, which which I don't think their defense is very good. So I'm going to predict Zach Wilson. The Jets still lose, but I'm going to predict Zach Wilson as a quarterback one finish. Not the quarterback one, but a top 12 finish. Did they lose by less than six and a half? Did they lose by less? No, I don't think they – I mean, I think they still lose by – Oh, they don't know. even cover? No. But that's not what this Zach is about. Wilson's this is about you wanted to be to do a fantasy take. This is a fantasy take, not a. I, I did my football take earlier. You're right. You're right. My bad. <laughs> so now, so now if you're going to want me to get into that. It's like you got to make up your mind. All right, I'm trying to bet with you, Ryan. Here, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, their defense is still uh, crap. The Jets' defense is bad. Tennessee's going to score a lot of points. QB one is obviously a little rich, but the Jets and Zach Wilson and like primarily is kind of set to succeed a little bit against the Titans who have been like, yeah, I, I, I don't think this is, I don't think this is a Carolina Reaper or I'm not, nor am I advocating for that. Don't worry, Ryan. You wait, were, wait, wait, what, what are you advocating for? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty open. All right. So they just kept coming off a shutout, I believe. No, I think, look at, I think look at the schedule. I'll give this ghost pepper. I really like a lot of the quarterback matchups this week, and I think there's going to be a lot of quarterback scoring. I am happy to give in, that in, ghost pepper too, including including tonight. I would be shocked if he outscored either of the two starting quarterbacks this Thursday. So and the and the Jets have to lose. So even if he even if he does really well, the the Titans have to do better. It would be crazy if he finishes like the overall QB QB one and and the Jets um, the Jets win. That would be that would, that would be sad that I didn't get the take right because I said the Jets lose. Their defense is bad though. I I mean that's the problem with the Jets. That that's you know even if their offense gets good, they're just they're still a bad team. That's their defense bad. isn't that bad. The offense is just absolutely yeah the dog sausage as Chris Harrison had to say. Uh, I need some AJ Brown news. AJ uh, Brown, I, I've, what I've heard from uh, football guys in the okay. Audible listening to it is that he's probably going to be out this week, almost guaranteed. Oh, I'd be shocked if he wasn't out this week. Yeah. So, that, like, that's got to hurt Tennessee, like, quite a bit. Obviously, they're going to use Derrick Henry down their throats, but. Oh, yeah. so you think they're going to lose? No. The, the Titans? No. I'm just saying. I'm just but saying. I, think the Jets I, are I, scoop, I scooped up in a redraft league, and I'll be starting Tim Patrick over AJ Brown this week. Well, yeah. if AJ Brown's not starting, that's a pretty easy decision. Tim Patrick's our guy. Good start. Is Josh, Good is Josh Gordon not available? <laughs> it's redraft. It's redraft, uh, Jake. But I, I, I have been so tempted to pick up Josh Gordon because again, <laughs> I, I play with my heart, and I don't want to miss. Like if Josh Gordon in that not this week, but next week has like fifty yards. You know what I mean? In three targets. 
I, I I will like I'll have to poop my pants if I don't have them on any sort of team. So that's why I'm chasing that because I want it, but it won't happen and I'll be disappointed. But like I would rather have the excitement of that than having uh I mean I mean I don't know like <laughs> like like on a redraft team like Elijah Mitchell, like am I gonna be excited about him the rest of the season? I just don't see that happening. Dude, Elijah Mitchell, you keep talking about how it was a bad pickup. I, I think Elijah Mitchell is going to step into that running back one role. And I'm not saying that Trey Sermon's unadventurous. Josh Gordon might have more fantasy points than Elijah Mitchell right now because he had negative points in one week. But don't don't sell Elijah Mitchell short, man. Yeah, he actually has dynasty him. value. He's got a future of potential. But I, I was just now. talking to redraft. Let's relax, everybody. So, well, let, let's Ooh. talk. Let's, let's talk calm down. Spicy. Let's talk. Let's talk week four, your last hot bolt spicy take. Well, all right, let's on calm down and get super psyched up about this one. Because, uh, Ryan, I'm taking a page out of your book. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders uh, beat the Los Angeles Clippers. Oh, sorry, Chargers. Uh, they're three-point dogs. And Brian Edwards goes for over a hundy and a tutty. So he needs over 100 yards and, and one touchdown. Brian Edwards. I, I am buying into Brian Edwards right now, and I'm having a hard time not wanting to play him against the Chargers. And they're at, they're at the Chargers. All right, so yeah, it's it's gonna be a shootout. Um, Jake, I see what you're putting in. I actually thought about that myself. Far far from your own mouth, but, but let's pay attention to me. Okay, but okay, what about the this Vegas call? Vegas beats the Chargers. Brian Edwards over 100 yards in the touchdown. What, what say you, Jake? So a couple things have to happen. I mean, really, three things have to happen. You can you can put that you can put that into regulation too because he only seems to show up in overtime. Did I hear Brian Edwards over 100 yards in a touchdown? So this is like realized 100 yards in a touchdown, right? Like we're not talking like penalties called back, all like all all the stuff I've been complaining about the past few weeks. Well, can I can I get can I get to my hot take? What can I get? <laughs> um, that's pretty hot. Um, Vegas beating the Chargers with the I'm I'm fine with Carolina. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I, I'm fan of Carolina too. I mean, I, I mean, it's not like a Grand Slam Carolina, but um, but yeah, oh, cause, because cause, that, you get different scoring for that. Let's go. So, yeah, just, just so much has to happen. Mine are it, less hot than last week, but I went too hard last week, way too hard. Yeah, Brian Edwards hasn't. You know, he's been close though. You know, 89 yards, 81 yards. Um, he says get more yards. targets. If he gets more targets, it, it could happen, and, and it might. It might. I, I like I like this one way more than I like the Vikings one because one I don't think Vegas will beat the Chargers, but I think the Vikings like have a very good chance against the Browns. I don't think Brian Edwards is ex- like he's definitely not expected to get a hundred yards and a touchdown. Where Justin Jefferson like one hundred twenty five and a touchdown isn't too surprising at all. For Brian what? Edwards, at least like you actually have you have a take here. Well, this the is Bra- way better. The, the Browns just uh, held. You know, Justin Fields to like what, like like five feet passing or something last game. Can we re-vote on the Vikings one to make it a habanero? No. After seeing this new one. Sure. No. Let's do it. No, you Done. first of all, Done. you cannot. No, no. I, <laughs> erase that take. If it's habanero, I don't want it. I don't want it on my record. <laughs> all right. But hey, guys, we really need to wrap this show up. Um, Jake, do you want to say your last take or did you put that on the show sheet as a joke? No, I'm. I want to say it. Um, Washington okay. football. Oh, no, it's a bull face lie. Um, Atlanta Falcons are going to be able to actually ha- like have some offense. I think Calvin Ridley is like a safe start. You, obviously, I think you're starting him everywhere, regardless. But he's had a pretty poor start to the season. Same with 
Kyle Pitts has been average. The opportunity has been there, but he's actually going to realize that opportunity this week. Tight end one overall. What do you think, Will? Tight end one overall this week. I don't see it. Good. But tight end landscape's weird. I, I don't think it's like ridiculous. Like I don't, I don't think it's Carolina Reaper worthy because he's <sighs> talented and and you know he's still he's a tight end one for the year. I think it was tight end eight or something. So, but call, calling an upset and a receiver that hasn't had a hundred yards or a touchdown this year, uh, all three of those things combined, is a, a Carolina Reaper, but a low one according to the standards. So I think this should be Ghost Pepper because two touchdowns could do it. For the record, I think your Vegas one's a high Carolina Reaper, but I understand. All right, Ghost Pepper. All right, let, let's if it, guys. If, let's, it hit, if it hits though, we can readdress. All right, let's let's guys. We should we should get out of here. It's getting late. Two minute warning. Um, anything you guys want to say? I'll go. I'll go last. Will. Uh no, I've had a great time tonight. Thank you guys for doing this on Thursday. It's been a great night. I really enjoyed the show. We do have, everybody, cycling news update. Uh, it's the Perry Bay this weekend. It was delayed because of COVID earlier in the season because we had that weird like outbreak uh, in, early, in early April. Uh, it is one of the best single-day races in the world. Potentially, it's up there. It's in my top two. It, it like goes back and forth. My favorite one-day race, Sunday morning, Perry Bay. The race across the cobbles uh, in Europe. It's, like, it's like, like, kind of like northern Belgium. Anyway, it's the best... If you like the Tour de France, you like watching any sort of cycling, it's going to be on NBC Sports. It's early Sunday morning. You need to watch it. It is. It will make you love cycling because it's the hardest, if not the second hardest race in the world. Uh, all right. Remind me. Send me a box. I'll check it out. It sounds interesting. It's worth checking out. At least you're going to be setting your lineups anyway. Might as well check it out while you're setting your lineups, right? Yeah, it finishes about like 8.30 to 9.30 Central. Right. Is that is that on NBC Sports? You said yeah, NBC Sports. Yeah. Nice. All right. Uh, thank you, Will. Jake, any anything for the two minute warning? Uh, sign up for our Patreon. That's all I got. Yeah, and, and I I just want to say briefly, I think everyone that's on Twitter knows that Mike Tagliere passed away, um, and there's been some great tributes. Uh, we you know I, I don't think any of us were particularly close to Mike Tagliere. I, I met him once, uh, and he, nice guy. Obviously, a great analyst. Uh, family man um you know just just a hard worker just a you know just a, a tragic uh, story so yeah obviously you you know you, you've seen it on twitter if you want to support his family there's a there's a gofundme out there so check that out so anyway um you know mike tegler rest in peace you were a great guy big loss for the fantasy community so. yeah if you, if you can you should he's he was one of the most grateful people uh in all of his conversations things like that and it's, it's yeah ryan i agree sad day yeah, and, I, I, and and so many people have have given better tributes than than I could even hope to. Um, but he really, you know, he, when I met him, the opportunity I had, he he was very authentic, just a great guy, a lot of fun, and and um, yeah, I, I think you know, it, it just a great loss. So rest in peace, Mike, and uh, yeah, help out if you can, help out help out the family if you can. But um, with, with that, we are the Fantasy Joes. You can find us on Twitter at FFJoes. Will is at for Will. Jake is at Takes with Jake. I am at Roto Librarian. Check us out on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Fantasy Joes. On behalf of Will Greenwood and Jake Patterson, I am Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes.
Kept it real high and tight tonight, boys. Uh, finished in under an hour. Uh, also, Julian Alaphilippe. Did we? <laughs> no, not a chance. Uh, no. So no. Julian Alaphilippe, uh, a rider in the pro peloton who wore the yellow jersey after the first stage of the Tour de France here, said that the World Championship jersey, because when you win the World Championship in cycling, you wear it for the whole year in every single race you do. Sleep in uh, it. You, you, don't, you don't take it off. You basically do. Take like, a shower are, with it. But you are immortalized. Like winning period Roubaix, you are immortalized. It's like winning a Super Bowl basically every year. Like these are like there's several Super Bowls. There's a couple of these in cycling because like also it's an individual sport. Kind of not teams. You know, like individuals win, not not a whole team. Like only one person gets wears jerseys. Anyway, he was like, well, last year we're in the world championship jersey. Uh, it weighed on me heavily and I didn't race as well. Well, then what did he do? He went back this past weekend and won the world championship back to back. So now just don't, don't look forward to a great season from Julian Alphilippe, Frenchman. <laughs> I, I he, he's, he's in his own head already from when he, yeah, he the yeah he, he's living <laughs> it's in his like, own damn, head. I did too well. Why did I win this? As, as they say, <laughs> he's living in his own head rent free. <laughs> I just don't get that. Like, Oh, I didn't do that great because I got this honor. But let me go win this. Let me go win this honor again. That's crazy. Just don't participate if it's that bad. You make more money. Yeah. But also winning that race is electric. You guys need to get into cycling. Is it's it ready. the same as, as Mitch Trubisky winning the Nickelodeon? No, it's never. It's never. It's never. Game. Nope, not the same. Ever. <laughs> uh, Mitch Trubisky could never win the world championships. No. All right. Well. It's fun tonight. We went. Sorry, we went late. I, I assume it's my fault. I was very chatty. No, nah, it's all. It's all good. All right. Well, well, we got it. We got to run though. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Good luck week four. Unless you're playing us. <laughs>